0: Hi everyone, Grant K here for the Flame Learning Channel. Welcome to part 3 of the Particles 101 Fundamentals video series. In part 2, we started looking at the various particle types starting with lines and points. We also covered some of the basic particle parameters to control particle lifetime, size, speed, trails and more. In part 3, We continue with the particle types and will mainly focus on 3D geometry particles. If you would like to follow along, please click the link in the YouTube description to download the media. Alternatively if you are watching the podcast version of this video, then type the link displayed in your web browser. In preparation to follow along, create a fresh Action node in the Batch Schematic. Select the Action node and press CONTROL-N to create a new Media Input. Connect the Blocks image into the front and matte input of the Media node. Double-click the Action node and use a dual-screen split to monitor the result view and the Action Schematic. Finally, you are not using lights in this example. But you need ambient shading to properly see the 3D geometry. Go to the Action node preferences and choose the RENDERING MENU. Ensure shading in Action is ON and Scene Ambient is enabled. Set the shading to 100% and the composite will be evenly lit. Now in the previous videos, you used a light to create a single point of particle emissions. That's great for bursting types of particles, trailing effects and various motion graphics. In this example, you'll use the block frame as an area particle generator. So the particles will be generating in the area of this image. But the mat is also connected into the media input and this will constrain the particle generation to localized regions within the frame. So particles will only emit from the white part of the frames. Now double-click on the surface axis and rotate the image object 90 degrees in the X-rotation. So the particles will emit downwards due to the direction of the front-face of the surface. Next, move the surface off-screen as you don't want to see the particle emitter in the final result. Now we'll start adding particles. Select the image object in the Action Schematic. Go to the Action node bin. Locate the Particle Generator node and drag it into the schematic. Scrubbing the time-bar, you should see the lines being generated from the surface. This could be used to recreate rain effects. Anyway, double-click on the Particle Generator node for its controls. Change the Particle Display Type to SPHERES. The particles being generated are now 3D spheres. Enable Region All for updating interactivity. Now increase the size of the spheres so that you see them clearly. Increase the LIFETIME to 100 frames… And increase the speed to 15. So similar to line and point particle types, the 3D geometry will react with the same behaviours as in part 2. By default, the 3D geometry is drawn with a subdivision factor of 5. If you keep increasing the subdivision factor, the shapes will get smoother. So now the particles have a circular shape with a bubble-like quality. Just for fun, switch to the Particle Geometry menu and play with the transparency and shine to make the particles look more like bubbles. Just remember that when you want the 3D geometry to have transparency, you should set the shading to Shade Front. This means you won't see the back-facing regions of the 3D geometry with transparency. Also enable SORT to correctly draw the spheres in 3D space. Now if you don't like the position of the particles in the particle stream, you can switch to the second parameters menu. Here you will find the SEED option. When enabled, you can overwrite the default particle generation and dial in a different value for different particle patterns. So you can ensure that no particle stream looks the same even though they use most of the same settings for your effect. Let's see what happens with other particle types. Go back to the Particle Geometry menu and set the Transparency and Shine settings back to their default values. Also set Shading to Shade Both. Going back to the Parameter 1 menu, you can open the Particle Display Type pull-down menu and look at the other 3D geometry available. We've been looking at 3D spheres. But you also have 3D cones as the second type of 3D object. Just in case you're wondering, if you select Polygons, you won't see anything. This only works when you are generating or exploding particles off a 3D geometry as a particle emitter. In this example, We are using an image object as a particle emitter. Now quads and squares are both 3D geometry but they are flat objects unlike spheres or cones. There are also some other properties regarding quads and squares that we'll touch on in a future video. Coming back to cones, there is one option which is not available to spheres. Go back to the second parameters menu and you will see an option called TAIL SIZE. When you drag this slider, you can adjust the tail of the 3D geometry to alter the cone shape. The only other particle type this will also work with is quads. You can also add in some variants for this tail size if you wish. Now in terms of how you control the particle orientation in 3D space, is down to the rotation and spin in the second parameter menu. Now it is worth clarifying the difference between the two. Rotation allows you to rotate all the particles equally by a specific amount. When you scrub the time-bar, you will notice how the particles remain in their orientation for the length of the comp. There is also a Variance slider to randomize the rotation on each particle. Now you could animate the rotation to constantly spin the particles. But you have a set of spin sliders to do this for you. In fact, the spin sliders control the speed of the spinning particles. Using either negative or positive values will also control the direction of the spin on the particle's axis. And similar to rotation, you can use the variance sliders to mix things up a bit. One bonus tip about variance is that even if you don't enter a value into the spin or rotation sliders, the variance value will randomize the movement around the zero values. For example, set all the sliders back to zero again with CONTROL-ALT-CLICK. Set all the spin variance sliders to 5. Scrubbing the time-bar, the 3D particles will spin on all the axis in and around the zero value. But if you set the Y-spin value to 10, you can influence the spin further. Now all these sliders are animatable. So you can start off with a spin and then bring it to a stop as an animation curve. This just shows the flexibility of tweaking particle behaviours. Finally, you can texture particles with diffuse maps to change their appearance and we'll talk more about that in another video. However, going back to the first Parameters menu, the particle display types only appear to give you a limited option of 3D geometry. But at the very top of the list is an option called Node. This allows you to assign any 3D geometry as a particle type. Let's check this out. Go to the Action node bin and locate the Import node. Double-click on the node to launch the file browser. Ensure the file type is set to FBX. Now navigate to the Snowflake FBX file from the downloadable media. Select it and load it in action. Here is our cool snowflake and we want to create a gentle snowfall. So the first step is to create a connection from the particle generator to the axis of the 3D snowflake. The 3D geometry will snap to the surface object particle emitter. This is nothing to worry about as the 3D geometry is taking on the transformations of the image object. If you scrub the time-bar, nothing happens. This is something that normally catches a lot of people out. What you need to do is give a very specific name to the 3D geometry for the particle generator to recognize it as a particle type. Select the Geometry node in the Action Schematic. In the Object text box, rename the 3D geometry to Particle Draw. It's imperative that it is exactly like this. No spaces between the words and you must use a capital P and capital D. When you scrub the time-bar again, you will see the snowflakes falling as particles. Select the Particle Generator node and go to the First Parameter menu. Set the size to 100 and the size variance to 50. Also set the pre slider to preload the particles 100 frames earlier. So here you have a snowflake fall ready to use in your next Christmas special. Seriously, to finish this off, you need to remember to set the Particle Render type. Click the pull-down menu and set it to NODE as well. Next go to the Action node preferences and enable Motion Blur. Set the samples to 10 and the shutter to 0.3. You can render this out with a Render node in Batch to see the final result. So there are the snowflakes falling down the frame. Remember that this is 3D. So you could do a camera track and incorporate this into a live-action shot. Or you could use this for motion graphics work. The 3D geometry definitely opens up a lot of options. In a future video, we'll look at one particle type which is more appropriate for particle sprites which is great for generating a range of effects. Look forward to seeing you again soon! Comments, feedback, and suggestions are always welcome and appreciated. Thank you for watching, and please subscribe to the Flame Learning channel for future videos.